looking through the glass onion. Season two was a blast. It was. It was fun. <laughs> we didn't even know that it ended. <laughs> we recorded Revolution uh, in the end of October, and uh, we was both it got that busy. Long with... ago? It was that long ago. Oh my god! That's uh, crazy. And and then this was we got back together. It's like you know that was a good break. Um, so we are kicking into season three. Season three is sponsored by Ravon Productions. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Jay. I have. I'm yeah, Ravon Productions. I am as well. They are uh, our parent company, if you will. Uh, this. This show is sponsored by the Omaha series. We're doing some shows around Omaha. You can check all that stuff out on my website, billymcguigan.com. Hello to our listeners out there. We have over 200 people who consistently stream this epi- an episode. So there's got to be at least 200 people out there listening, Jay. That's amazing. Isn't that exciting? That is exciting. Hey, all I'm, over the world. Yeah. I'm really sorry, but what's that? Yep. Is that a Fender twin behind you? Oh, my God, Jay. Yeah, I've switched my Zoom around. That is the Fender Twin that I bought when uh, there was a guitar store in town that closed five or six years ago. I won't <laughs> mention their name because um, the amp I loved, and I got it at a really good price, and it was playing like crap. So I took it to Michael Sacklar. This show also sponsored by Michael <laughs> Sacklar. All your guitar needs right here in the Echo Lux, right here in the Omaha area. So I took it to him, and I said, listen, I want to play this amp. Make it sound unlike anything you've ever done. And he got in there, he changed the speakers out, and somebody had switched and put crappy speakers in there, and that's why it wasn't working. Gotcha. Yeah, and so he souped it up, Jay, and it is the sweetest sounding amp I have ever played through. Can't recommend it enough. And there's a Vox right over there. Uh, It's also playing way better. Nice. Anyway, yeah, that's the arsenal. So there's we got our sponsorships out of the way. Welcome back, season three. Okay. You picked this song, Jay. Somebody requested this song. It, I feel like somebody did. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. But I, I love that we did. This is our first Ringo song that we're going to talk about. Ring, it, it, was, it was time. It was time to it is give time. Ringo It is time. Love. So we're going to call this the Give Ringo Kudos <laughs> episode. So if you are a Ringo hater, we are not. No, <laughs> no. I mean, go so, see him in concert. It's like one of the most fun concerts oh. you'll ever see. Yeah, and it doesn't cost like 30 arms and 17 legs like it does to see McCartney, and it is in some ways a little more entertaining because you got all those other dudes doing all those great songs. I, I, a friend of ours called it the, the greatest cover band show you'll ever see. <laughs> it, it's so true. Oh, so true. All right, so we're going to start. We're opening with a story, Jay. Cool. Making the White Album. The Beatles are... Uh, uh, they're in a weird spot. You know, they came back from India, and tensions were high. So high, in fact, that Ringo quit the band. He decided to leave. He felt like, in the anthology time, I was playing like shit, he says it. Uh, he felt like the other three were having a great time, and he felt left out. So he decides he's going to leave the band. He goes and talks to John. He knocks on his door, and he tells John the situation. John says, oh, I thought it was you three. <laughs> so then he goes to Paul, and same thing. And so... He says, I thought it was you three, you know. So Ringo's like, screw it, I'm leaving. He goes on vacation with his, and I think it's longer than people think. In the anthology, they make it seem like he's gone for a day or two. Right. But I think in reality, he had really quit the band. I think he was like, screw this, I don't need this. Right. And they started recording back in the USSR and the White Album without Ringo, and that's why you have Paul kind of killing the drums on some songs. So he goes on vacation with his family to Sardinia, which is a large Italian island in the Mediterranean. I had to look that up. And while he was on Peter Sellers' boat, 
The crew was serving octopus for lunch. <laughs> Ringo, who was known for kind of a sensitive stomach. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'd forgotten that. Right? He didn't, yeah. He, he had kind of a sensitive stomach, declined. But, and as Ringo is declining, the captain, if you've ever been on a boat, the captain always has a story for everything. And he starts to tell Ringo about octopuses and what they do uh, down underneath the water. So he's on, he, he tells this story about what, what the, uh, <laughs> the octopus does underneath the water. It collects things in front of its den, and shiny objects uh, kind of as protection, and it creates a little garden. And Ringo, who's stoned out of his mind, is like, that's awesome. <laughs> so he takes the three piano chords that he knows, and, I, and if I'm listening to it correctly, it's, it starts in C. Not the way they recorded an E, but I think he wrote it in C. And it's like, I like to be in a C to an E, an A minor, I think he might have been doing, to a G and then back to a C. He kind of writes this little ditty, just the opening parts of it. You know, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden with you. Uh, and we see George and Ringo working on this in the Let It Be session. George played a huge part in this song, which we'll talk about it all now. So we're talking about... The second song that Ringo writes for the Beatles, definitely the best song he wrote for the Beatles. Uh, yeah. Probably the best Ringo song, I think. We'll talk about that. But Octopus's Garden off of Abbey Road, Jay. Yeah, what a way to start season three. Especially with nice what's, way, right? what's been going on this week. I, I almost yeah. was like, shouldn't, shouldn't we just redo <laughs> Revolution? You know, yeah. after this week, but yeah, yeah. It, no, it, I think this was a this was a good way. It's to a do good, it. you know, as Bob Seger says, turn the page. Turn the page. Yes. Yeah, so we are <laughs> in the uh, today is January eighth. If you are an American, you have watched what's gone on in your country. Some people are like, oh, that that wasn't us. <laughs> you freaking people. Uh, anyway, if you're watching us from the world, we're safe here in Omaha, as safe as we can be. But we're talking about Octopus's Garden, Jay. So give me, like, when's the first time you heard this song? What's this song mean to you? Oh, okay. I, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I think, so my brother moved home from college. This would have been 81-ish. Mm -hmm. And he had a, a kick-ass hi-fi stereo system that we set up like set up the this the uh you know turntable and the receiver on top of mom and dad's television and then put the uh the uh the kickass advent speakers you know on the sides and he had yeah. abbey road and so i played it you know and i'd probably heard here comes the sun and something you know up to that point but i don't think i'd heard octopus's garden at that point and and i was i was most blown away by you know uh I want you. She's so heavy. I was just like, right, you know. But I remember, I remember, you know. And I don't even know if I knew who sang what at that point, you know. But yeah, I was like, what a fun little song. Yeah. So that's that's probably where I heard it first. Yeah, I I remember the first time I really really enjoyed this song was in Love. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorite parts of Love. One of my favorite love songs that they have mashed up. It starts with the good night and it just sounds like Ringo is singing this just beautiful, ethereal song. And you feel like you're underwater. The little jellyfish things are coming down. <laughs> That's and right, yeah. You're just like, what the hell is happening? And then, and it is, it's badass. I, I really like the song uh, as we'll talk about. So the recording of it, um, I, 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 it started in Let It Be. You can see it in the movie. I think they talk about, you, know, you kind of see Ringo and George. And on YouTube, there's like a 10-minute track of them. Like George, real, I think George really co-wrote this song. 
Totally. I think it's, yeah. I think it's definitely a Harrison Star song, a Starkey song, but you know, he gave it to Ringo. Gotta definitely start there. And then when they, they go in, so they've known it, you know, they were working on it and let it be. Yeah. And when they got to Abbey Road, this was gonna be the Ringo song. And uh, so they record it. George Martin produces with uh, uh, Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas, yeah. You got Ringo on the drums, of course, singing. And he's ADT'd. Mm-hmm. You can stop me at any time if I, if I mess up. He's also playing some percussion. And in our Revolution in the Headbook, they say there's some effects, which I'm guessing are the kind of wave sounds and the- Yeah, he, was, he does he a, was, he, yeah, he blows, he blows water through a straw again, like they did in uh, Yellow Submarine. What a great callback, by the way. <laughs> totally. I mean, that's what they did in Yellow Submarine, Ringo saying, anyway. Uh, uh, John plays rhythm guitar on this, and it's really, really sharp it kind of really ties the room together his guitar it's on such this. a cool part it's it i mean yeah. he sounds great and and supposedly he was very mopey like like george and paul were way into this song and and supposedly john was moping around the studio that day when the when they recorded it but his yeah. part's great yeah it doesn't sound like he's moping around no right? I mean, he really no, it's it's uh, cool for a country song he's really putting the the little p- the picking stuff on there it's real good yeah. paul is on uh, singing backing vocals plays bass on this one do you know what bass is uh, sorry john is definitely playing the casino on this one it feels like to me it sounds like to I me i would guess yeah yeah i don't he, he didn't play a lot of anything else at this point yeah you can i think you can really hear it I, that's what i play when we do it it just it plays and sounds right um and he's playing as kind of uh Close your eyes. Those little chords he plays in there, he's kind of playing the structure like that. He'll start with the E, but then he'll do the D framing of the chords. Guitar players know what I'm talking about. So Paul on bass. Hoffner? We don't know. Great question. Yeah, we don't. Maybe Fender, maybe Hoffner. It's hard to say. Um, I do hear on some of the early um, takes of this, Paul really struggling with the bass line. You can hear that on the anthology version. You can also hear it on the... uh, the thing that came on the re- the redone Abbey Road, Paul was kind of all over the place trying to figure out and lock this part in. I think he might have struggled with it, but he got it and nailed it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that piano part that he plays, that's another tie the room together. It's it's also badass. I just I I didn't listen to the bass this morning, but I, I listened to John's guitar part um, isolated, and it, it's kind of mixed in with with Paul's, you know. Uh, out of tune piano, the out of tune Steinway. I don't know. Yeah. If it's the Mrs. Mills or the Chalin. I don't know. Um, I, I love it. It's so yeah, cool. It's, it's a really cool part. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, yeah, super. Cool. On on some of those early releases of it, the anthology release and the one that's on the redone, the 2020 Abbey Road. Um, you can, It's not there, and it's. It's jarring almost, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, it really brings that whole part together. Yeah. So when you hear it without it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Now, my, Kieran and I were talking about this this morning. I think on some of the early versions, you hear George kind of experimenting with which guitar he is going to use on this song. Mm, okay. I, th- I think, And I think you can hear it maybe even, if people with me out there listen to it, because you can listen to tracks two and eight, which I think came out on the original anthology. On the 2020 remaster, you hear take nine. Um, and it sounds to me like on one he's playing a Les Paul, on the other he's playing a Telly. What do you think he played on the recording? Is it Rocky? I I think it's um, I. So I 
I remember going when we first started playing the song live. I I always used the Strat because I had always because yeah. I had always read that it was the Strat, and I got on some you know some Beatle <laughs> blog that you know I went down a huge can of worms and uh, no down a huge rabbit hole. I'm mixing <laughs> but I like I know I'd rather you went down a huge can of worms. <laughs> It ties in with the octopus's garden. Clearly haven't had enough coffee this morning. Um, anyway, uh, so I started using the telly, and I I think the telly, the telly is closer to me, but, I mean, yeah. those guitars are pretty similar, so <clears throat> it could be either. But I, I agree. I think he started it on Les Paul. Yeah, I think, and I, you hear that, and it's, you know, maybe trying to find that country sound, because George's part on this is... It's one of my favorite guitar parts. It's it's kind of reminiscent of his early playing, that kind of, you know, Chet Atkinsy, Carl Perkinsy stuff and it just like he's aged so well, he's become such a great musician as they've become the Beatles that you hear it on this song. Oh, Man. yeah, the ri- I mean, you don't some of the riffs that he plays are so and I haven't I haven't listened a lot to the new the new remaster, but yeah. like they're so they're mixed so lowly, but it's it's such a I mean, he's so tasty. It's it's amazing. Yeah, uh, Kieran wanted me to point out that it sounded like at the end of the solo he didn't know what to play and he just stopped. So if you can hear that in there, let us know. Um, the ADT on Ringo's voice. I did you find that? I there? read it. I, it. I I was listening to. it. Do you hear that on there? I didn't really. Huh. It's like a subtle. If they used it, I mean, I think <clears throat> in the love version, his voice does sound really great for Ringo. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Hard to say. Um, all right, so we went over the guitars. We talked about the bridge, the, the piano. We don't. You think it's the Stein, the Steinway, or the uh, the other one there? I, th- I think it's the Out of Tune Steinway. Excellent. All right, I'm, I'm going through all my little notes. Okay. <laughs> Ringo played a tom overdub going into the choruses too. He added a an extra that tom. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the Tears for Fear sound, as I like to call it, it's like that drum sound is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every Tears for Fears song. <laughs> Killer Ringo. All right, so what do they do on their voices on the bridge to make it sound like they're underwater? What is I, What kind of... Because when Ringo does it live with the all-star band, they do it as well. And it's like, what are they putting on there? So Tell our, tell our fans out there, Jay. <laughs> uh, well, this is interesting because Emmerich talks about it like he did it, but he's not credited anywhere. He's not listed as an engineer. He's not listed as an assistant engineer. So, so according to Emmerich, they took an oscillator out of the Moog, fed it into a Fairchild via the side chain, which is so what? Just just to help people figure out, you can trigger like a, a compressor is a compressor, which is a Fairchild. They had a six sixty six seventy. Um. You can feed a normal, you know, you can feed a bass into it, a drum set, whatever. Um, but you can also feed that into it, but have it triggered by an external um, audio signal. In this case, they fed the um, background vocals into the Fairchild, but then had a side chain coming in of a sound of the oscillator coming out of the Moog. And if this is way too nerdy, I'm really sorry. I'm trying to get through this quickly. But no, that's so, good. so it's uh, so you know, an oscillator can be set to any speed. It's you can almost think of it as doing something like a, a tremolo on your amplifier. 
So they feed right. that in, and it creates that whoa, 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 which makes them sound like they're gargling. So, so that's cool. how that's how they did it. It's supposedly, it's th- it's from the Moog, but I mean that it, it's it's a huge technique in EDM these days. And and once wow. again, the Beatles, you know, and, and I, I don't know if they have invented this, garden. but right. but uh, uh, yeah. you definitely hear a pro- maybe Crimson and Clover around that time. You might have heard. Is that the same kind of thing they were using? It would, that it, I don't. Uh, yeah, it would be similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Jay. As he takes a, hang on, I'm going to open my Waterloo while you sip your coffee. (laughs) He finishes that statement and is like, "Ah, next. (laughs) I love it. So, so just, just to give people like, so you'll hear it a lot, like, like kick drums and bass guitars. You will have the kick drum side chain into the bass guitar so that the attack of the kick drum cuts through the bass guitar is sort of attenuated, turned down just a little bit, just during the attack of the of the kick. So the kick comes through, the bass is still there, but it's not competing right on that transient effect. Right. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now. Everybody's that like, is, <laughs> no, that is some next level stuff from Jay. There's like three dudes that are like, oh man, that ain't oh. <laughs> cool. I'm big with three yeah. dudes. We're, yeah, we're we're here for everybody. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> this is a new. This is part of season three here. I'm gonna ask a big question every every song here. Oh, okay. I'm gonna start this one with a quote. George says, "It's a Ringo song. It's only the second song Ringo has written, mind you, and it's lovely." He added that the song gets deep into the listener's consciousness because it's so peaceful. I suppose Ringo is writing cosmic songs without even realizing it. When you think of this song in that way being under the waves and what Ringo was going through and kind of what you mentioned earlier, like this is why this is the perfect song because doesn't it sound underneath all of this turbulence that's going on to be, to be under that sea? And Ringo writes this song and I just, you know, there was turbulence in the Beatles. That's, he wrote it when he quit the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a really good song that it never gets, con- I looked up Rolling Stone's 100 songs, not in there. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm going to start with 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 this question for you is octopus's garden better than yellow submarine oh to me it is i think so too yeah okay. i mean it, and and revolution in the head called this song a yeah. poor man's yellow sub that's and what i, I asked and you i that. don't I agree that with should. that yeah, I, I don't, I, don't. I i think it's a better song um it's maybe not as much fun but it's it's certainly it, it's deeper and and I, I think George is probably right. Whether whether that was Ringo's intention or not, it it, it yeah. certainly yeah. I I love the song. I think they realize that too. I mean, we've talked about love. I think I think love and Beatles rock band kind of shows you what the band thinks of their music in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, those they were really hands on, especially with love. And to put Octopus's Garden in there. I think is a bold move, and but it's but in reality it isn't because it fits in that show so well and it fits along with all the other Beatles songs, and it's way and they, but they call back Yellow Submarine. I just think, man, I really do like it way better than Yellow Submarine. I like to play it way better. Oh, it's I it's, would I would <laughs> sing this one way better than I would sing Yellow Submarine. I just I'm, yeah, 
um, it's not a kid's song as well, as well. I think I, I notice in the reading about it, people say, oh, it's kind of a kid's song just because he says, we could sing and play, laugh around. It's like, no, I mean, it's kind of a deep, you know, that we're all searching for something like that. And Ringo really connects to the cosmic side. George probably helped him, but man, you know, they were all on fire at this point. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's Which leads me to the next question, is this the best Ringo song? So I'm throwing in all of his solo stuff as well. Um, you got Photograph. You got I'm the Greatest. See, my, favorite, my favorite Ringo back song. Back off Boogaloo, back off Boogaloo. I don't know if he you wrote got, this. Did he, write, did he write It Don't Come Easy? Is that him? That's a, it's, yeah, it's a George and Ringo song. That's my favorite. That's a great one. Yeah, it's up there though, right? Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easily top five, if not top three. I mean, Photograph's yeah. a great song too. Um, the, he, he put out a song in 92 called Way to the World. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it is, it is also like, I don't know that five people heard it, but, but I did yeah. and I love it. It's, it's I so cool. I feel like the all-star band like played on it. Yeah. Whoever was in the I all-star love, band back then. He, I love Ringo. I do too. Uh, in 500 Days of Summer, I'm closing out this part with this, Summer one of my favorite movie characters says, Octopus's Garden is the greatest Beatles song ever. Her boyfriend tells her, no one loves Ringo. And Summer says, well, that's what I love about him. I love that. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Deep dive. Oh, so Zoe. what did you find? Di- oh, Zoe. What did, you, uh, what did you find diving deep on this song? Um, John played the drums when they first were working on it. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that's what I... And I don't know if that's in the in the Let It Be movie or if, or if we'll see it when Peter Jackson's thing comes out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, wow. But yeah, so uh, John was playing the drums, which I thought was interesting. Um, anytime this person's name comes up, I always have to say it. Alan Parsons was in our... <laughs> the Alan Parsons project. Thank you. You do it so be- much better than me. I won't even attempt I'm just it. impersonating my brother Matthew doing it. It's... <laughs> What about Alan Parsons? I was too busy. Thinking about <laughs> oh no, he was. He, he's he's one of three assistant engineers. Um, the the most the most fun thing for me was the the Fairchild Moog sidechain thing. I thought that was hot because I didn't know how they did that. And I think that's, that's super hot. cool. Yeah, that's and way I, cool. It is. It's a total EDM thing. Boom! But don't 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 don't. Anyway. All right. Uh, my deep, deep dive. dive. That's, yeah, yeah. It's just a little thing. It's just, a, it's not so much a deep dive. It's just like a, it's a. It, <laughs> it was a, a dip in your toe in. <laughs> it's a I went deep for you. Here, comment on any of these. Ringo brought three songs from the, tr- the trip. Oh, uh, yeah, taking yeah. a Taking a trip to Carolina, Picasso, and Octopus's Garden. They obviously chose Octopus's Garden. I'd love to hear those other two. Didn't, what was McCartney's? Didn't McCartney write a Picasso song for Band on the Run? Yeah, Picasso's Last Words. Great story on that song. He was out with Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman says, I mean, you could write a song about anything right now. And the guy said, he said, yeah. And so he handed him a newspaper and he just said Picasso had died and he wrote the song at dinner. Killer. I mean, McCartney's insane. Anyway, uh, this song was performed on The Muppet Show several times. Oh. So it could be in your consciousness from that as a kid's song, and it could be why people think it's a kid's song. Oh, yeah, okay. There Seven mono mixes were made of this song. I read that, too, and that's no really curious. No one knows curious. why. Yeah, yeah and it was We've never, never heard cons- them. The, 
Abbey Road was never considered for mono, so they don't know why that was done. Okay, you ready for this? This is my favorite. Okay. All right. Octopus facts. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Um, octopuses like to hide in a den. So that's that's the story the guy was telling, and they do actually collect things uh, to, to kind of throw off predators, and it's not called a garden. It's called a midden, an octopus's midden. How, how do you spell that? M I D D E N. M I D D N. Midden. It's a fun word to say. A midden. It could have been called octopus's midden. <laughs> uh, octopus is an intelligent as a house cat. If you know this, I I, did, a, I did know they're pretty smart. Yeah. Although uh, some octopus say comes. Cats aren't I'm I'm uh, I wouldn't know. Not not a cat guy. Uh, octopus comes from the Greek meaning eight foot, and is the. Uh, Evidently, what I found, the the plural is not octopi. That would be the Latin form of the word. So it's octopuses. Really? Okay. Thank or you. Octopus. I, yeah, I found I that have, out. as always, I've learned I'm, I'm smarter after this hour <laughs> or at this point, this 27 minutes. Do you remember what the uh, <clears throat> alternate title for help was going to be? Eight Arms to Hold You. And octopuses have eight arms, not tentacles, which I think that's why it's a cool Beatles song, because octopus beat, anyway. Uh, but each arm kind of has a mind of its own. So an octopus can grab something and be working with it there and can grab another thing and be opening it and feeding itself. Octopus are incredible animals. Um, uh, Ringo wrote a book called Octopus's Garden that was illustrated, like a kid's book. Did, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. My favorite fact that I learned, Peter Sellers' yacht. This is a great trivia question. So Ringo wrote Octopus's Garden on Peter Sellers' yacht. The, the plural for Peter Sellers is, is Sellers's. <laughs> His yacht was named Amelphis. That's like a, a what is Amelphis? That's a real uh, deep dive there. Evidently, Peter Sellers was all about this yacht all about his boat. BBC did a full thing. You can find it on YouTube. A half an hour of Sellers on this yacht. Below deck on that would have been he, pretty hot. He's a fascinating character, Peter Sellers. What a weird dude. And evidently, he could not have been ruder, cruder, meaner to his staff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about playing it live as we wrap up our half an hour with you here. I'll start. This is one that I that playing it live made me like it a lot more. It made me appreciate it a lot more. I play the John part and sing, sing the Paul part in the... We don't use the oscillation or the fancy <laughs> side effects Jay was talking about. My brothers and I, we were little kids. That's how we would sing the background vocals. We do that. Yeah, it's such a great story you guys tell when you do it. That's so yeah. cool. So then our dad would put our faces under the water. To, anyway, uh, how about you playing it live? Oh, God, it's, 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 it's the worst experience I've ever had on stage <laughs> yesterday and today. Yeah. No. Do you care to tell the story, bud? Uh, or should yeah, we just let it, let it lie in the, in the annals of our brains, my friend? <laughs> uh, well, before, you know. before Jay tells the story, every single member of the band, include, I mean, uh, me probably a thousand times, as opposed to Jay's three or four times, sometimes we take nosedives. And, uh, and that, that intro of Octopus's Garden is a, a naked guitar part. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just say at that point, the biggest stage that YNT had ever been on, and I shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have even said, do you want to try that one again? <laughs> oh, even Rich Miller said that. Oh, that's not how it goes. 
<laughs> I was well, like, we'll just say his singing buddy. didn't help it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> See, he, Jay only has one that he can name. I could I face planted several times. Oh no, there's more than one, but that's all right. <laughs> so yeah, we all um, face plant. It's a great song. <laughs> oh, it's a great uh, song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That guitar part's hard. Even Kieran was taken because he plays this now. He and Max do it. And, and this last uh, October, he played it with us. He played the lead. And he's like, I messed up the end. It's like, oh, yeah, you did. You little. <laughs> the kid is like 99% on every guitar part. And he messed that one up. See, it happens. <laughs> All right, man. We've come to the point. It's time to drop a rating on our first Ringo penned tune as it was man what a great song octopus's garden yeah how many glass onions would you give it and why sir um you know i'm i'm gonna go 8.7 very good yeah it's which you know again it might be high but it is uh it is my favorite ringo Beatles song uh, that he wrote not that there's a lot to choose from but um yeah, I, I just think it's a great song. It's challenging. Um, I think it's it's cool how much he and George, you know, it, George was such a giving guy, clearly. And, yeah. uh, you know, those, he and Ringo and George were such good friends, you know, and, and I think it's just so cool how much they worked on this because Octopus's Garden is quite an impressive second song to write. Um, even if you're a member of the Beatles, uh, I've written more than two songs and I, I don't know that I've written a song as good as Octopus's Garden, to be honest with you. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan. I love that, man. That just raised my score. (laughs) That was good. Ah, you know, I, I, I was reading that George probably felt um, but helping helping Ringo would almost be like you know they get all the credit, and so now I'm gonna sh- and I'm gonna show you why we're why we're you know we're Beatles as well, and on Abbey Road they both do. I mean yeah, there's so many great songs on that record, including my new favorite because of this podcast you never give me your money. But here comes the sun and something are equally as good. Oh totally, and for Octopus's Garden to come out swinging. I mean, it's it is a fantastic song, and when George talks about, you know, it's peaceful, and Ringo's writing cosmic songs without even realizing it, it is a very deep song, and you know that I love the deep songs, so I'm going eight point three on this one, which is way higher than I would have gone even before we talked about it. Kudos to Ringo. Totally great drumming. That drum fill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the. This is one they didn't phone it in on, you know, Paul and John. The Paul's stuff is great. Uh J- John, whether he's like we talked about, whether he's moping or not, his guitar part, uh as in many, many Beatles songs, truly is the glue that holds holds it together, like you said. Yeah, and really listen to Paul in the early takes. He was really trying to figure out what he was doing on this song. And when he did, it's it's awesome. He adds so much to it as well. But That's Ringo, interesting. Ringo, I, I need to listen to those because you know, yeah, it's I mean, just I was, a, I was shocked how sloppy he was. But I mean, he was just, you know, that little C minor change out of left field that George added. You can hear him add that in there. Um, 
it, it was tricky, and I think they they were they were having fun, and they were trying to give every song like they did, like mm-hmm. on Sgt. Pepper, and it really does show, and it makes a song like Octopus's Garden that when you listen to the original that that Ringo had come up, you know, it would it would be nice. Paradise. <laughs> That's all he had. I mean, he didn't have much more than that, and they really just it shines. So, eight point seven from Mr. J Hansen, and an eight point three from me and Billy. And that, uh, that's us looking through the glass onion. Thank you for listening. Um, I get to pick the next song, Jay. Yeah. I'm going to look in the book here. I just, I, we're going to, yeah, let's see here. You know, we're going we're gonna to do a good one here. All right, I'm looking. Yes. We're going to do Help, Jay. Oh, cool. Nice. Consider John Lennon's favorite song, favorite Beatles song up there. That'd be great if we already did it, and I'm calling it out, but I don't think we've done Help. So when you hear us next time, we're going to be taking a deep dive on uh, the number one hit help. That was Octopus's Garden from Billy and Jay. We've been looking through the glass onion. 